Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. I'm gonna die surrounded by the biggest idiots in the galaxy. You're a slacker. You stupid idiot. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Oh, idiot. Game over, man. Hey, hey, careful Whoa. with that, Ronnie Millsap. We're downrange. What's the matter with you? I feel like a Kentucky Fried Idiot. Oh, I'll take it from here, nurse. We're putting the band back together. Forget it. No way. We're on a mission from God. Gentlemen, Ciccolini here may talk like an idiot and look like an idiot, but don't let that fool you. He really is an idiot. I was going to spend the night assembling the boys you, but this is holding my interest. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to another episode of Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. This is episode 35, and we're going to be talking some sports. Yes, we know that Tom Brady has taken up residence in Tampa, but since we're still dealing with the uh, the after effects and the Patriots just signed Cam Newton, we're calling this one Brady Geddon Part 3, the new Newton in town. The new Newton in town. Oh, sorry. Make money, money, make money, money, money. Ladies and gentlemen, the music smith coming in even before his <laughs> intro, that's how dedicated to this, this topic that he is. My name is is Todd, and with me, as always, is the single largest buyer of bratwurst this side of a professional sports stadium in Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> he is the Rocky Johnson to my Tony Atlas. I have nothing clever to say here except all bow before the czar of char. I give you the man they call Tim. Hello, my friend. How are we? I am doing all right. Now, how are you doing? Because I, you had a little bit of a grease fire situation. Do you still have both eyebrows? I, I, I do. Th- thankfully, no one was harmed during the <laughs> grilling of said meats. But uh, I, I, yesterday, I, I was grilling brats and burgers, and I, I didn't, you know, the the fuego that I've uh, talked so lovingly about. You know, there, there's a limit to how much you can load up in that thing because let's be honest, it's it's a smaller grill surface. And so I decided that I would cook the brats first and then I would cook the burgers. And little did I realize that I should have probably let the burner run on high for a little bit to burn off all the grease because as soon as I put the burgers on after having removed said brats, uh, we had a little bit of uh, whack-a-mole going on trying to keep the burgers off the grease fire. So it was... Uh, it was interesting, and uh, yeah, those burgers got a little charred, so there was no pictures, Instagramming of anything, because my gosh, I was slightly embarrassed by the whole thing, so. Go figure, <laughs> when you ignite a half gallon of, of bratwurst fat oh. all at the same time, it doesn't end well. We will never speak of this again. And I will uh, go on the record and say that afterwards, I muttered to myself, gotta clean that grill. <laughs> Well, before we get too much further, and I forget to ask, can you, in fact, name the tag team, sir? You know what? You, you got me on this one. Rocky Johnson and Tony Atlas. I do not remember what they were called. I didn't quick Google it to, to, to save face or anything like that. I'll, I'll, I'll be a man and accept defeat when defeat is thrown at me. So tell me. Educate me. What, what was the name of said tag team, my friend? Oh, I'm and I'm glad that you were able to go on with that because it gave me a, it gave me a chance to do a full fledged happy dance over here and, and I'm, <laughs> th- this is why I'm glad oh. that we haven't that we haven't come up for the uh, in the beta line oh, for for doing gosh. video on our podcast because number one 
ain't nobody needs to see us on video <laughs> no. doing this, okay? <laughs> Number two, ain't nobody needs to see me dancing on video, okay? Oh, I was <laughs> I was in a band specifically so that I would not have to dance. <laughs> I was There was always a reason, like, oh, no, I'm sorry, I've got to get on stage. Yes, excuse me. So the tag team in question of Rocky Johnson and Tony Atlas was known as the Soul Patrol. Oh, the Soul Patrol. Oh, I thought you could say like the Soul Connection or something. But now, the Soul Patrol, that's good. I like that. The fact that this tag team has never been revived as like the new Soul Patrol oh, is a crime against humanity because that is a money gimmick. Yes, yes. And, and quite honestly, there's still time. Yeah, there is. Because, quite honestly, Dwayne Johnson is in his house money stage of his of every kind of career he's in. The dude's making money hand over fist. He's He makes approximately a quarter billion dollars for every movie he's in, even if it stinks. He can he, Vince probably backs up a dump truck full of cash to his house just for him to do, like, one appearance. The dude's selling his new tequila out the door like crazy. Yeah. So why not have a little fun with it and revive this gimmick? I mean, who? But of course, you have to find the right other partner. That's the other thing. Like, who could? Who do you think? Just, just going with what? Who's out there right now? Who would make a good partner for 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 the Rock in the new Soul Patrol? Oh, for the Rock. Uh, gosh, that's a great question. Um, trying to think. I'm thinking. Well, no, actually, that wouldn't work. I don't know if that would work quite well. I almost said Kofi. But then again, he's got his thing going right now. But it, I think Big E. Which one's who's Big E? He he's in the New Day. He he's the the, oh, the bigger the, of the three. I was just gonna say he's the he's the big guy. Which would, but he's coming big out e. like all, like whenever they come out, he he's always dancing a groove and stuff like that. So I just feel like he he kind of has that 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 Soul Patrol sort of feel to him. That could work. I could see that. Yeah, yeah. All right, you talk so, me into it. Let's make that happen. Somebody, uh, somebody, uh, get Vince on the line uh, again. I'm pointing to our non-existent producer, also hey. known as your cat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just looking at you like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> well, pal, that sounds like a great idea. Let me tell you something, brother. Oh my gosh. Anyways, so let's uh, let's just get this right out the w- well, not get right this right out the way, but I just want to make sure that we, as always, thank everybody for tuning in and for listening. We do certainly appreciate it because, of course, well, we we just love to see ourselves on the internet, and you all enable us in doing that, and we thank you for that encouragement, even though it's probably bad for everyone's health concerned. So thank you for uh, for tuning in and subscribing. If you have not subscribed yet, well, let me inform you of how you can go about that process. How what, can I subscribe? What you do is you find the interwebs browser of your choice, uh, pr- preferably something newer than Netscape, and you go to p- freerangeidiocy.com, and that will take you to our Podbean page as all of our episodes. You can subscribe through Podbean. You can subscribe through iTunes or Spotify. You can also find us on the social medias because we love the social medias, except for YouTube because I just they're dead to me. Uh, so Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of those are at Free Range Idiocy. And then if you have any questions, suggestions, thoughts, comments, helpful baking tips, helpful grilling tips, then what you want to do is send those to Tim at FreeRangeIdiocy.com, and he will be all over that. And mm-hmm. he will, he will, you know what, holla if you hear him, because he is your email hookup. That's, That's right. right. 
There's your bonus re- wrestling reference for the evening. We'll now discuss something else entirely. And yes. he's ge- I'm getting the Morse code on the bottle. So that, that must mean it's time for everyone's favorite segment of the show. And it's only disappointing because it happens five minutes into the show. And then we go straight down the chute after that. But, sir, uh, what are you drinking? To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. Oh, there we go. That was a good Oh, we got a bottle. Look at that. Yeah, we're getting all fancy again. Um, I am having today a Leinenkugel Summer Shandy straight from uh, Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. Non-bootlegged. So non-bootlegged yeah this this is a beer from wisconsin that is freely traded apparently across state uh, i see okay <laughs> i was wondering how you hook that up Did you, you un, take un, a day trip or something unlike the other ones where we it, it requires a little chicanery uh th- this this one is on the up and up so uh line and kugel summer shandy uh here's to you because i was going to ask if you took a road trip did you have a blocker were you in the truck i mean how did this work i just want to know uh i i think i was in the truck <laughs> Uh, a bandit one and a bandit two uh, back together again <laughs> that's right oh my gosh so we'll have to we'll have to sh- we'll eventually share our conversation earlier but let's let's just put it this way tim looked up smoking the bandit from our previous episode and uh because i had thrown thrown a little music his way and uh he noticed that smoking the bandit was the third highest grossing movie of the year it came out the first one being Star Wars. The fact that Smoking the Bandit, you had Smoking the Bandit and Star Wars in the same year. Uh huh. 70s were a weird time, man. Just a weird time. They were. And, and I, I was equally as, I was shocked by that. I was, I was shocked by the premise uh, because I had not realized that at one point Coors was apparently a valuable commodity to be bootlegged across state lines. And uh, that was kind of the core of the movie was bootlegging about 400 cases of Coors. So hey, there, you, there, there you go. It's the banquet beer. It is. What banquet? I'm not really sure, but apparently it was at a banquet. Same as like Paps running off of that blue ribbon they won back in like 1632 or something. They, yeah, that's right. They're getting some real mileage out of that award. No oh, one's, they are. No one's even thought about giving them a ribbon ever since. But that one blue, that apparently one blue ribbon is all it takes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's all it is. So, yes, uh, well, and so what are you drinking, sir? I almost forgot to go over mine. Well, I'm uh, I'm sticking with an old favorite here, and we're going with Old Forester. So once again, this is the the first bottled bourbon, bottled continuously since 1870. Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, 86 proof, and uh, quite lovely and smooth. And uh, I really do enjoy this one. I'm very glad uh, my my bootlegging connection, my Kentucky friend, brought back some of this last year when he was down in Kentucky. But he brought back a different. Uh, they have a, a series. I forget what which number his was, but it was oh, it was good. I was like, oh, what's this? Mm. Do tell me more. And. Um, then I got on to uh, find it in the in the grocery store around here, so it's quite lovely, and I highly recommend it if you have the means. Nice, nice. Yes. So what we're going to talk about this fine evening is what in the hell is going on with the New England Patriots? Because quite honestly, <laughs> this is this is a question again. We and we had three Brady Geddon episodes because it's it, it and it's worthwhile because for almost twenty years. The question of who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Patriots has been a non-issue. Yes. So now, all of a sudden, 
uh, in true 2020 fashion, not only is it going to be a different quarterback, it's, it's, it keeps on being a different quarterback like every week, depending on, <laughs> on what's going on. Yeah. So as you were so helpful to point out to me last week as we finished recording, Cam Newton was signed by the New England Patriots. Uh-huh. And that then uh, completely uh, shuffles the deck, if we should we say as far as their depth chart is concerned now my question is when do you remember exactly when he was signed was it that day it it quite literally was when we were recording our last episode so we were you were surfing and 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 while we were recording well i was uh looking up uh you were just admit it no, no, I, I, I was. You were bringing up something during the discussion. I was looking it up, and I happened up upon uh, Yahoo page, and it said something about Cam Newton signing with the Patriots, which I was intrigued by. So then I checked it, and apparently, yeah, it was announced like somewhere uh, in the first, uh, probably in the third hour of recording. No, I'm sorry, in in the first hour of recording we were doing. So, wow, yeah. So that that happened last week, and 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 Tim, as always, bringing you the news. As it happens, Johnny well, on the spot with this, uh, right in the closer, left a little, you know, cliffhanger of sorts, and uh, here we are picking it up and, and running with it. A tease, as they say in the business. Ah, yes. He was teasing the next episode. Of mm-hmm. course, the, it's not all that timely because we were recording on Sunday. It wasn't released till Friday, and then the entire <laughs> world knew about it. It was news to me, though. You know, that's. Uh, people heard it Friday and were like, yeah, we're over it. Yeah, thank Wow, gee. You're, oh, you, gee, you heard that too, huh? Wow. You and the you and that one kid in Siberia. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Oh, yes. So this is going to be, this is rather interesting. This is, I mean, to, to put it lightly, just to, again, the fact that Tom Brady isn't starting for the Patriots is a big deal because this is, this is new ground. For the first time in a long time, we've said that every episode, but it, mm-hmm. it, that we've talked about this, but it's worth saying again, when you have the same starter for like 18, 19 years, and all of a sudden that starter ain't there no more, it's weird, man. It is, it is weird. It is. Um, yeah. Well, so, and, and and if we jump back to, I'm trying to think when when we had, um, I think his name was Jason, right? Yeah, From Jason. Like Overtones. Yep. Um, I have to go back and and listen to that episode. Uh-huh. Uh, but. I think we mentioned Cam Newton as one of the potentials to replace Brady. Yes, you 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 nailed this one. You nailed this one because you, actually you might have even had this in the previous episode, the first one when we talked about. Did uh, I? I believe you did because when we first discussed the possibility of Brady leaving and then who the possible replacements were, Cam Newton was one of the ones on the board, ah. and. I, I, if I'm remembering right, you actually kind of talked me into a little bit because I was totally anti-Cam. And yeah. and yeah. and I believe you mentioned it then, and then you brought it up again when we had Jason on the show. And, man, you, you nailed that one. I got to give you credit. I got to give you credit. Well, you know, I I do spend hours studying this. and No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to let you go on that one because, damn it, you deserve it. You deserve it. Oh man, yeah. No, I, I, yeah. I think it can. I, I'll have to go back and uh, re-listen to those episodes and see what exactly we said. <laughs> you don't. You mean you don't keep track of all this? I don't keep track of all this, especially when lockdown happened. One day blurs into the next. It's just really uh, kind of a continuum of sorts. 
Yeah, that is that is true. So, first of all, let's go over just a couple details because this was to me this is fascinating. Okay, so first of all, the terms of the contract with Cam Newton, according this uh, according to Pro Football Talk, there is five hundred thousand dollars guaranteed money, and it's a one point. A $0.05 million base salary and a collection of roster bonuses and incentives that could push the total value of the one-year deal to $7.5 million. Now, just to put that into perspective, mm-hmm. Brian Hoyer is signed with the New England Patriots for the exact same base salary. Really? Exactly the same. 49ers quarterback Richard Sherman, and here I'm just going to quote right from the uh, right from the article, called it, quote, just ridiculous that a former MVP would get a deal like that given how much other quarterbacks, including backups, are set to make this season. I'm not even an NFL player. I have no stake in the NFL Players Association, but I want to lodge a grievance on this one. Mm-hmm. That I mean, I don't care if Cam like limped in and and they, they they said actually he had both legs amputated in the off season. He still should be making a million five. <laughs> I mean, come yeah. on, yeah. just I mean he he should have pulled the Bill Russell trick of like whatever Wilt Chamberlain's getting, I want one dollar more. He should have said, you know what, <laughs> it's not even it's not even that big of a deal, but I want one point zero six million just so I'm making a little bit more than Brian Hoyer. I know, I know, I know, it's just a thing. And, and if he had asked that, and if I was the GM, I'd be like, you know, you are totally right. Yes, write that in. Write it in. <laughs> it's got to happen. It's ridiculous that you could get this guy. So, I mean, oh, my gosh. It, the fact that they – it isn't so much the fact they signed him. is if they passed on this, it would have been completely stupid. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and, and, you know, it's funny with – I mean, I assume with Hoyer's contract, it isn't incentive-laden the way that Newton's is, I would assume. Correct. Well, there is. It's like a, he can get not, I mean, he can't get Cam Newton money. He yeah. can get like, I think it's another $2 million, uh in terms of in terms of incentives for him. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, bo- both of the deals are, are roster and incentive bonuses and all this stuff, but it, he only has like another $2 million. He can make like, I think it's a total of like probably three and a half mil is his ceiling for okay. the year. Okay. Whereas, you know, but then again, I mean, it, it, just the fact that they could even get him to start there is ridiculous. Yeah. Well, and you know, he he has been hurt for the last couple of years. Um with last year it appears he only played two games. Mm-hmm. Right? So you don't know exactly what you're getting in terms of, you know, health and quality of player. Because you don't know if he's going to play a game and then just get injured all over again. No, and and that's totally true. And I get it. And I get yeah. it. He he's a guy who, and and I will say this because I've always, man, I love me a running quarterback. I do. I think they're great. But man, it's it has yet to prove to be a formula that is going to consistently work out for winning a championship. Now, and I say that even with Mahomes winning last year. Mm-hmm. You know, because he is he is one of those guys that he can run and he can throw. Cam Newton has always been much more of a a, a, a quarterback who's a passer, but can also run. For whatever reason, there's some guys. It just seems like they 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 their passing is always lagging behind the running because they've used running as such a get out of jail free card sort of thing. Yeah. Whereas Newton really seems like he's always been really good at passing and then can also run and can just tear you up either way 
Mm -hmm. Um, But he doesn't seem like he lacks in skill in his passing game. Where I think that's, and that was one of, I think, Tebow's problems. That's what. That's a reason why there's so many quarterbacks who come out of out of college. They they can run and it works, and they've been able to do that for how many years? And all of a sudden they get to the NFL and that don't work no more. Right. You can't catch up. You know, throwing the ball and your your passing acumen at that point. It's just not going to happen. I mean, the other the other crazy thing about this, just in a numbers geek sort of way, Tom Brady signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for fifty million dollars for what two years? Correct. So if Cam Newton maxes out this contract, he's going to be making slightly more than a quarter of what Tom Brady will make in Tampa this year. Yes. Yep. You'd be you would have to be I mean you it would be criminal if the Patriots did not sign him. Yeah, and I and mean, and it's it's interesting because you know I was um you know I was, I was talking with my wife about this earlier um cuz you know we we were chatting about this and and I said, you know, it's interesting when Belichick or or when when the organization gets a player like Newton to come in who I, I mean, I wouldn't call him like a locker room cancer because I don't think he's been that bad, but he has had his head case moments. Whenever they bring guys like that in, there's always a a, a push pull to to the relationship that there's, you know, Newton's looking to make a mark for himself, you know, to now that he's gotten back to health or, or so we assume. The Patriots are where they are, where, you know, they're in this no man's land when it comes to a quarterback situation. And could a motivated Cam Newton be, you know, just that that much, you know, an, another step above where, where he was a few years ago when, when they made that run to the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, but but a motivated player is is an intriguing, you know, I, idea. And, and I think for, for the Patriots and the way they conduct themselves as an organization in terms of, you know, building teams around players who fit a system – to to then go on and have some modicum of success guys like him come in and and they are motivated to do well because they know if they contribute then the end result is going to be that much greater and and imagine for newton again the motivation as well of what if i play for this team and perform well and you know run the not run the table in terms of being undefeated but run the table to the playoffs and and into the super bowl Mm -hmm. and i end up being the guy who no more than a year after Brady left, you know, wins them a Super Bowl. You know, there, there's a lot of really intriguing possibilities there with that and, and, and a lot of motivating factors, you know what I mean, that, that would make it very tantalizing for a player like Newton, I believe. Yeah. I don't know if I look at him as, as being, as having head case moments. I, I look at, and again, uh, because I, and, and I, I say this because now I'm, I've fully bought into this after you talked me into it like the first time we talked about it. And and now, you know, as someone who has had Cam Newton on his fantasy football team for multiple seasons, boy, that's a fun ride just watching the stats pile up. I w- <laughs> so I, I don't know because I, I, haven't, I haven't really followed him really in, a, in much of a personal way. It was always just like, hey, as long as he gets, you know, 300 yards passing and a couple touchdowns, I'm a happy camper because yeah. it helps my team. But I, I've always looked at him as much more of just kind of being an individual, mm-hmm. not so much a head case as, as he, he's just an individual. And, and I think it's a, little bit, it's a little bit different viewing that from outside, from I should say, from inside of the, the perspective of a Patriots fan. Because we have now gone how many years with Belichick's system, mm-hmm. 
And you don't really have those types of, you don't have that individual expression on this team. That's just been the way it is. Yeah. And I think see, you, you that kind of it it changes your perspective. It it your your calibration is off because I think a lot of other fans are just used to like, oh yeah, that person is this way and that person is that way. Whereas with the Patriots, they really try to do as much as they can. Maybe not necessarily like actually getting the person to be that way, but in terms of showing that united front and the individualism not being expressed in a way that makes the papers and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of these guys are, are have have their own personalities and their own way of doing things and all that, but it just doesn't get out the way it does with other teams. Yeah. So in that way, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily see that as much of a problem. I see it as it'll be interesting to see if how it goes if it'll be more of like a, a Corey um oh my gosh what was his um I had it two seconds ago Randy Moss but then um the running back Corey Dillon 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 yeah because yeah. both of that both of them were were fairly strong-willed individuals and kind of got into the situation where like yeah I just want to win of course they both came from teams that you know weren't fantastic yeah Newton's had I, success I'm kind of curious how like you say there there is going to be a push and pull but I wonder at this point how much he will buy in, even if it's yeah. if it's given that it's just a year. It'll be interesting to see that. Yeah, and and and, and you're right. I mean, it, it's not like we're talking about a a habitual kind of head case, you know, situation with him. I maybe I'm just thinking back to after the Super because I thought there was some dust up with him after the Super Bowl where he was really unprofessional in the way he kind of handled that loss. And, and I, I don't remember if it went as far as him kind of throwing teammates under the bus, but I, I just remember there was a lot of negativity around him mm. you know, a- after that Super Bowl and the way he kind of handled himself. And Could be. I can't remember. Yeah. And, and, and I, you know, again, it's not like whenever I hear Cam Newton, I hear locker room cancer. It's that, that is definitely not the case, but I'm just curious with having gone through a couple of years of not even being able to complete a full season, and especially last year only being able to play two games. Yeah. Is he mentally in a different place now where it's one of those rise and fall and kind of rebuild yourself moments where now now that he's kind of been in this trough, is is he is he mentally ready to do things in, in maybe a, a you know, with a different mindset? And by going into an organization like the Patriots, who pride themselves on trying to put the best product out on the field you know, w- without all of the guys being high-paid superstars, just just guys who work hard and work within a system, um, will will he find better success there? You know, um, we've also never seen Belichick in any coaching you know scenario have a running quarterback, I believe, and I don't even know if if Newton at this stage in his career is still going to be doing that. So that leads us into our first question: How much does Cam Newton have left? And can he still play? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I will, I will say I'm going to go 50-50 on this. I think he can definitely still play because, like I said, I don't think he relies on his legs nearly as much as a lot of previous running quarterbacks. Yeah. I think he's always been a, a, a pretty good passer, uh, if not a great passer in, in moments. I don't think he's necessarily going to run around as much as he used to. But I think he can still play. I, I think he can yeah. still play, and I think as long as he can avoid taking some of the hits that he's taken over the last couple of years and can be a little more judicious about his running, I think that I think he's got a good chance here. I really do. Of course, yeah. this is the same offensive line. 
that last year couldn't stay healthy. So maybe he needs to run a little bit. Yeah. He might be running for his life. We're not sure. Yeah. I, you know, it's one of those cases, of, like, like I agree with you. I, I don't, you know, you said, you know, should he be running uh, or, or, you know, that, that there wouldn't be as much running for him, nor, nor should he. I, I don't think I'm really interest, interested to see how they're thinking of u- utilizing him in the system. I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking at his age and given what he's been going through, it would benefit both parties more if he ratcheted that back. Now, that's not to say Belichick being the, the devious genius that he is, is not going to come up with some plays where he does leverage that at some key moment or, you know, does something to completely throw the defense off because they're so, you know, fixated on Edelman or, or one of the other, uh, you, you know, wide receivers or tight ends. But to, to have him operate the exact same way he did, you know, in Carolina just doesn't seem realistic at his age and at this point, given what he's been going through. Yeah, I think it is funny, though, because we've we've become so accustomed to Brady and his age is that when you see, oh, they signed Cam Newton, he's 31. I'm like, oh, he's a young guy. No, No, he's not. No, no, he's not. Usually 31 is is the downward slide for quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. We're just used to like, you know, Methuselah starting at quarterback. So (laughs) (laughs) it's it's starting Moses. Yeah. I mean, it's it it's it's a, just a it's, again. It's one of those things where your your perspective is a little skewed because you've been living yeah. inside of like this Brady Belichick bubble all these years, and now it's like, oh wait, these are problems that other teams have and deal yeah. with, and oh wait, I need to recalibrate to oh your quarterback once he hits forty is just, usually your quarterback once they once they hit forty they've been playing golf for a couple of years, <laughs> and they're looking at maybe yeah. getting a job as an assistant or something. Absolutely, you know, not Absolutely. not celebrating a Super Bowl or something. So. Uh, yeah, I, I I think you're I think you're right. I think it will be. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting just to see how much the Patriots change what they do to take advantage of things that he does. Yeah. And also how much he's gonna change or, or he might alter what he does uh, because I mean, dude, the guy's got an MVP. You, you don't you don't get to be an, an NFL MVP just by not knowing what you're doing and not being very good. Right. So right. I'm going to say that he can probably make any changes at, that he really needs to make at this point. If 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 I may, can can I add a a one A to this question? Oh, of course, sir. So, given how much he has left, which I think we both feel he has something left to give, and, and mm-hmm. that he can still play, albeit you know may, cutting down significantly on the scrambling aspect of his game. Mm-hmm. Do we think the Patriots are set up offensively? to take advantage of him meaning (laughs) do we have the line do we have the wide receivers that can you know receive his passes that we we know edelman's there but what about the other guys you know what i mean and and you know is is the team set up for success even with his presence or are we looking at you know kind of another 2019 sort of season when it just they can't seem to pull off those those much needed passes in those moments of, of games when you know that they were so used to doing in past years um here's the thing <laughs> i i G- don't gather around kids uncle todd brought to you by what are you drinking again old forester <laughs> oh okay i uh i don't know if i can answer this question without taking a couple swats at brady because swat here's, away. Swat here's away. The, 
Oh, that's right. He's gone. Never mind. Okay. So this this punk ass that we had playing here before, that he's... No, I'm just kidding. Um, because quite honestly, you know... Anyways. Uh, so I think the... I think part of the problem, certainly last year, was the fact that the offensive line couldn't stay healthy. And I think that's going to be job that's going to be like factor one in in whatever quarterback is starting for the Patriots this year is how healthy is the offensive line and can they stop can they keep the defense off of the Patriots quarterback long enough for them to make a read and make a throw or to or to or to open up big enough holes that the the running game can actually do something right that's factor one Yep. And, and then after that, then you start getting into, uh, do, you know, what do they have for wide receivers? What do they have for tight ends? Which is, you know, uh, they don't really have much for tight end. Um, unless a couple of the guys that they drafted this past year turn out to be really good, which again, they don't actually, they don't even have to be really good. They just have to be better than who they had last year, which quite honestly isn't going to take a whole lot. No. And um, so you, those are all factors. I think, I think the thing is though, Brady, I think, was getting very Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino, get off my lawn sort of thing. Like, he was just kind of grumpy with not having the best of the best, I think. Yeah. And I think most NFL quarterbacks have had to learn how to work with less than what Brady had last year. And granted, that was not an all-star group of wide receivers, but the other thing is... It's been really tough for him to, to you know, this whole like the Brady circle of trust. And oh, he doesn't trust this guy. He doesn't trust. Well, you know what? A young wide receiver is gonna drop the ball. They're right. gonna, for crying out loud. Then, then those guys, Then that guy gets locked out, and then they're gone. And granted, the other part of this is the Patriots haven't been able to draft a wide receiver since I don't even know when. It might have been Irving Fryer at this point. I just I've lost all track and perspective of this. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like you could build a rocket in your backyard from scratch and spare parts yeah. faster than the New England Patriots will, will will draft a really good wide receiver. I don't know why that is. I don't know. It's frustrating. But they do end up with these jewels. You know, like like they, they got Wes Welker, which when they got Wes, Wes Welker, he was well, not they, but Wes they Welker. for him. What's that? They traded for him. Well, right. They they've, traded for him. Been but, able but, to, they've been able to trade for some guys. Yeah. But they haven't been able to actually draft and develop a guy. And Wes Welker, the, I mean, he wasn't Wes Welker capital W's that he was after he was with the Patriots. But the reason why they got him is because Wes Welker burned the Patriots when he was playing for, for Miami. Mm-hmm. That was one of the reasons why they got him, you know? so Right, but, but what I'm saying is on paper, you know, if, if had we been doing the podcast back in the day, Mm. I don't think we would be saying, "Oh my God, we got Wes Welker, we're going to win the Super Bowl." You know what oh, I mean? No. Like, like on totally paper, not. he didn't seem to be much. And the same with Edelman. You know, Edelman on paper was not coming in as a rock star wide receiver. It took certainly not, years no. of playing with Brady. You yeah. know, and and to, to to establish, you know, that role and and that relationship with him. It's going to be interesting to see. You know. I mean, Edelman's great, don't get me wrong, but now he's going to be having to work out his timing now with Newton or with Stidham. Um, you know, it's it's going to be interesting, to, or, or Hoyer, you know, depending on where this all goes. Oh, dear um, Lord, no. They've, they've never, like you said, they you know, their, their track record isn't great, but then that's always been Belichick's MO. He just pulls guys in who don't seem like they're going to do much, and every now and then he finds that jewel that ends up being kind of this key player 
that that ends up you know letting him you know do some amazing things and have some pretty incredible runs yeah i just think that i think that it'll be easier for newton because i think most i mean every team deals with turnover to some degree i think brady in the last four or five years has just gotten a little bit old and grumpy in terms of dealing with younger players and that and that's fine like you you've you have hit that point in your in your in your career and in your life when you can do that because you've delivered the goods yeah. fine i'm i'm I, you know he's earned it it doesn't do any favors to the younger players that you're not really you're not really going to them at all instead it was going to the binkies it was going to edelman it was going to gronk yeah. and then you take away gronk and then all of a sudden he's really unhappy now and yeah. he can only go to edelman and edelman is getting older and he's getting hurt so you can't always go to him and then you know granted none of these none of these other guys are probably going to make the hall of fame and that's fine but i mean I think Newton will have an easier time of it because I don't think he's ever had necessarily some of the quality receivers that Brady's had, and Brady hasn't exactly had a thousand Hall of Fame. He didn't. He didn't. Had, didn't have the same quality wide receivers as Peyton Manning had his entire career. Right. I mean, that, I think, that's all, that was always our big argument when we would talk about Manning versus Brady. Is Manning always had the cream of the crop, and Brady was always, you know, playing with duct tape. Yeah, but I think at the, I think at a certain point, I think other quarterbacks look at those situations like yeah gee i wish i had that problem you know as right, opposed to right. you know as opposed to playing with uh what's your name again oh yeah uh you know yeah you're running a post oh you need me to diagram what a post is awesome um i just i feel like it's going to be i think feel like it's going to be different for for newton because he hasn't yeah. had that kind of that privileged spot that that brady has had in terms of like being able to dictate it and granted brady earned it brady earned all of that you know, right. through 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 what he has accomplished, so no problem there. But I think, I think that Newton could probably get a little bit more out of this. But again, it all comes down to whether or not he's going to be getting you know clocked from the blind side every third play. Yeah, yeah. So the key is the offensive line because if they can protect yeah. him, then he can at least try to make something happen with whatever receivers they have. Oh, dude, you do that with any quarterback. That's why it's always so frustrating to watch NFL teams sometimes because yeah. they'll spend all this money on the quarterback and then and that was one of the things that the, the Colts at least did right. Mm. They would they had they had Manning and they spent big bucks on protecting him. And that was why they always had kind of a slap to get some of their defense wasn't as as deep and all that. They paid big bucks for the very large human beings who were in charge of making sure that Peyton Manning stayed upright and healthy. Yeah. That's a good, and that's a smart thing to do. And it's always frustrating to watch NFL teams. Oh, we got a brand new quarterback. Yeah. But you don't have a left side of the line that could stop, you know, the second team from, you know, Florida central university polytechnic Institute. Yeah. You're, you're in trouble. Like they're right. going to be getting their ass kicked all the time. So it always comes down to the offensive line. Always. Because even if you say, oh, well, this guy can scramble. Well, guess what? He's not going to scramble nearly as far as he can throw. It's, yeah. you, you just cannot do that in the NFL. You might be able to do it once in a while, but on a regular basis, that ain't going to work. You know. So I always look at that, that offensive line. Is that's, that's the first barrier for any quarterback to overcome. Forget the receivers. Forget the running backs. Are they actually going to be running for their life? <laughs> Yeah. Instead of running to find a spot to throw. Right. You know, that's right. that's the difference. Yeah. Good question. One A, sir. Good question. Well, you know, I figure because, you know, when I was looking at that question about, you know, how much does he have left and can he still play? A lot of that does rely on the team. 
you know, and, mm-hmm. and uh, sorry, not the team, but the offensive, you know, side of the team is, you know, like you just said, with 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 a great offensive line, you know, he'll, he can th- he can wait all day and throw with, you know, quality wide receivers. He can maybe, you know, hit uh, a high percentage of of, uh, of of passes and that sort of thing. But you flip all that around and it's like, well, is it, you know, does it mean he can't play if, if he's playing with players that can't make those plays? Now, I don't think the Patriots are in that state, but it is like like we just talked about. It is interesting to look at that and say, does that offensive unit fit him at this stage in his career? Mm. You know, for, for the way that he's going to be playing, because he can't be scrambling. He, he certainly isn't the slow gazelle that Brady was. Don't don't get me wrong. I mean, the, oh, he, can, he no. can probably turn on the afterburners when he needs to. It's just the frequency of doing that and, and not getting pummeled in the process is what's going to really largely dictate what, what he can do on the field for them. Yeah, I mean, granted, I mean, there were offensive linemen that could outrun Brady. Yeah, oh, jeez. <laughs> Watching Brady run was was scary and yet awe-inspiring at the same time. Oh, I mean, he actually kind of made Drew Bledsoe look quick, which is... <laughs> oh, my God. There, there was there was rhinos with arthritis who, who could run faster than that, but it was... Oh, my good Lord. Uh, that was my um, rhino impression. That was that was nice. I'm not sure if it's if it's accurate, but it was it was nice. Not even close. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> oh. All right. So I guess, and then the next part of this is because I don't know why, but I, you know, so the when they when they brought in, uh, when 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 Brady took his talents to Tampa, mm-hmm. so then you were left with Stidham and I think Kessler. With Cody, I mean, it was a quarterback named Cody, which is just you know that's not going to end well. Yeah. So they Sounds brought like in a Brian character Hoyer. from a Hallmark movie. Yeah. Oh my gosh, totally. Oh, he's <laughs> he owns a hardware store. You know, and he's where's got, he's Cody? Got, he, you know, he was the he was the he was the high school quarterbacks. You know, and he was going to go on to college, but he hurt his knee, and then his high school sweetheart went off and went to the big city, and now she's back. For we Christmas. watched. We, we I mean, watched it writes itself. A couple of years ago, we watched uh, one of those Hallmark Christmas movies. It, it happened to be a favorite of uh, my grandfather on my father's side. Oh, dear Lord. Were you drinking heavily? No, 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 no. It, 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 was, it was one of those things we were watching it, and we we're like, oh, this, this was one of grandpa, you know, grandpa liked this movie. So we were just kind of watching it just, just to see why, you know, why he liked it so much. And, and there was a character named Cody in it. And the running <laughs> joke after we watched the movie... <laughs> Was because Cody was this upright, you know, you know, pure good protagonist sort of character, and afterwards it's like, oh, you know, would Cody do that? You know, I mean, that that, that was kind of the oh. running joke. You know what I mean? Would, so would you Co- trying to would, say like Cody was like Carl Agathon? Yeah, <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> little Hilo. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, anyways, yeah, a uh, little little digression there, but but nonetheless. Speaking of which, has has Tomo ever been in a Hallmark movie? And if not, how not, how is he not? I I don't know. We got to look up his uh, his his re- resume. Oh and, my gosh! Uh, check it. Gotta so now, how it. Do, how do you feel about? I mean, uh, are, you, are you so? I, well, I didn't even ask the question. So let me ask the question. <laughs> how do I feel about what, Tom? <laughs> I, we got we got sidetracked on Hallmark movies, and I just completely lost my brain for a minute. So. Um, 
Yeah, well, no, because we were writing that Hallmark movie with Cody. That's right. Okay, that's right. Anyways, that's right. Now that I've found my way back to the fork in the road where I, I took the, I went down the bad path. Now let's go down the good path. So I kind of, I don't know why, but I assumed that this was going to be. Uh, so it was going to be Hoyer Newton, and I think I'm wrong on that because I've again I have I'm a bit out of touch on NFL football. Mm-hmm. So when when they were basically left with Cody and and Jarrett Stidham, the the Patriots then went and signed Brian Hoyer, and apparently they had to tell Brian, oh no, it's an open competition. This is how far the Patriots have fallen that they were at, they were telling Brian Hoyer, they were trying to woo him. I mean this is this is almost like last call. The bar is clearing out. It's yeah. like, well, eh, oh, all right, fine, I guess. You know, I mean, oh. <laughs> oh, gosh, it's just hard to watch. It's hard yeah. to watch. You know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're if you're if you're a friend, then you pull that person out, you know, bodily if necessary, and save them. <laughs> So, anyways, it was going to be it was a competition between Stidham and and Hoyer, yeah. But now it kind of seems like like Stidham had really kind of, in in most people's minds, had assumed everyone Stidham was going to be the quarterback, especially the fact they didn't draft one, and yeah. they really up until now they aside from that little flirtation with Kaepernick, um, and I don't even know how much of a flirtation that was. It might have been just someone mentioned it, and then yeah. the you know the globe ran with it because <laughs> nothing else is going on. Um, <laughs> Shaughnessy got to write about something. What is That's this? That's right. Dig it. Dig out Shaughnessy. He he hates everything. Let's see what he has to say about this. Um, so we, you know, I I kind of assumed that it would be Newton and Hoyer. Well, now it appears that you know Stidham was kind of the 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 choice to be there. So, what do you think? I mean, is this a Newton Hoyer or a Newton Stidham thing, or is there even any competition at all? Like, is it Stidham and then Newton is? In in their minds, kind of the backup. Yeah, I, I based on what I had read, I got the sense that the 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 coaching staff, you know, Belichick were 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 higher on Stidham than they were on Hoyer, mm-hmm. and I kind of feel like this is going to be more of a Newton Stidham competition than it would be a Newton Hoyer. I think mm-hmm. Hoyer got brought in as. I almost feel like they're 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 kind of bringing guys in like this in, in the event Stidham melts down, because he, he he doesn't have a lot of you know miles on the odometer in terms of of being a starting quarterback, and so yeah, you know they had to prepare in some way, shape, or form to have someone with that mileage to kind of handle things if you know things go south in terms of his confidence, in terms of his ability to play, in terms of his health. Now that you have Newton, it's really interesting because, you know, now do you start Stidham anyways, have Newton kind of riding the bench initially, and then see how the young guy does, you know, because you're not losing any money, you know, um, Newton probably won't be happy about it. But at the same time, you know, do you flip it around and have Newton start when Stidham has been, you know, in theory kind of working out and, and probably has better chemistry with the team at this stage. I mean, we're, we're a week removed from this being announced. So Newton at this stage, I have to imagine, has zero chemistry with the team at this point. Um, mm. The fact we're in the middle of a pandemic probably doesn't make practicing any easier for them. So No, no. Socially distancing is kind of in- counterintuitive to this sort of thing. Yeah. So... That's where I, I, if if I had to pick one of the two pairings, I would go more with a new yeah a Newton Stidham competition, uh, in in my book. 
Yeah. And I, I, I don't know why. I think it was partly just because I wanted to do I wanted to do this very thing. So I, I did this as, a, as an exercise, and, and Tim has seen this, and it is kind of fascinating. I wanted to see if I could get a comparison between Brian Hoyer's best season as a starting quarterback, which would be, two in, would be uh, 2014, and Cam Newton's worst season where he played – most of the games as a starting quarterback, which for Cam Newton would be 2018. Now, before you start, can, can I just can I just quickly say this this crunching the numbers segment is brought to you by what are you drinking again? Old Forester. Old Old, old Forester. Please continue, <laughs> Uncle Todd. So in 2014, Brian Hoyer was uh, he started uh, 14 games, and they were seven and six. In those 14 games. Obviously, one of those, uh, I don't think he came in, or I don't, I don't know. I don't care. So, uh, in those. <laughs> Way in to those, crunch the numbers. <laughs> yeah. At a certain point, you just realize it's Brian Hoyer. Eh. So, uh. <laughs> in, the, in those games, he, he was, a, he was a 242 out of 438 attempts. That's 55% completion rate for uh, 3,326 yards, 12 touchdowns, and 13 interceptions. He also rushed um, for 39 whole yards and zero touchdowns. That, that was Brian Hoyer's best season as an NFL starting mm-hmm. quarterback. Mm-hmm. Cam Newton's worst season. He also played 14 games in 2018, so we have an even comparison of games. He was 6-8 and eight in those games. However... Oh, Hoyer wins. Hoyer, oh, no. yeah. Oh, oh is, is, I'm sorry. Is there more? Oh, hang on. Hang on. It gets... <laughs> It gets better. Do tell. So he was 320 for 471 pass attempts. Uh, so he, he completed 67, almost 68% of his passes. He was uh, 3,395 yards. So he, he only beat Hoyer by about 70 yards. However, he had 24 touchdowns to Brian Hoyer's 12. I, if, if, if my math is right, that's double. That is – oh, you are <laughs> right on it. You're right on it. And you know what? Your sister-in-law is going to be so proud of you. You're going to get a gold star. I think my math is neat. Yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> and and you know what? I've got my list of words that I'm not allowed to say either because Heather <laughs> gave us both homework. That's right. Super fan, Heather. Heather, uh, hi, Heather. Uh, you know, way to keep us right on the, you know, right in the fracking straight and narrow. Really appreciate that. So anyway, back to the numbers. So double the number of touchdowns for, for Cam over Brian. They each had 13 interceptions. However, Cam, as we know, uh, can run a little bit. He ran the ball 101 times for 488 yards. That's, oh, that's a whole lot more than Brian Hoyer. And he also had four rushing touchdowns. So that was Cam Newton's worst season as a starting quarterback with 14 games uh, or more. That would be almost 10 times more yards. So, so ladies and gentlemen, here's Sweet the thing. Moses. You, you, you look at the, the ceiling of Brian Sawyer. Uh, Brian Sawyer. Brian. <laughs> Where the hell that come from? <laughs> meet. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't know why. I, oh, again, I'm, I, think I'm, I think I might be having heat stroke and I just don't know it <laughs> I'm just I'm just realizing is the room supposed to be swimming like this? <laughs> Why is that pink elephant in the corner? <laughs> Why is my poster talking to me? Anyways, so Brian Hoyer, um, Brian Hoyer's ceiling 
that that's basically like he's on the first floor. That Cam Newton lives on the second floor, so that's his that's his that's his floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so mm-hmm. you're. Definite step up. Now, of course, Jarrett Stidham has not played uh, per, uh, much at all in the NFL. As a matter of fact, I'm not even. I didn't even bother looking up his statistics because it'd probably be like what three for four for like ten yards in relief or something. Uh, actually, I have him uh, through oh. Wikipedia. Wikipedia is the best thing ever. Yes, uh, he played three games uh, for the New oh. England Patriots in 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had two completions. Uh, four hmm. attempts, so fifty percent there. That was, Whopping that was close. fourteen yards, and I no was touchdowns. close to the yardage too. Come on, no touchdowns, one interception. Oh, and he has negative rushing yards, ladies and gentlemen. So at negative maybe, one, maybe or, not sorry, f- negative two, maybe not fleet of foot is what we're what we're coming at. Then again, behind Quite that possibly. offensive line last year. I don't know if Randall Cunningham would have done a whole lot of uh, business back there. So yeah. who knows? So, you know, I think the funny part is, you know, I, I, I can't decide on this one because I, I said myself when we first started talking about all this, if you're, if you're truly, if you don't want to invest seriously this year, you want to do a slow build, you want to start filling in some of those depth position, depth pos- positions, good Lord. I, apparently, I learned English as a fifth language. I don't know what's going on. Oh, sorry. Any chance to throw in a rush reference? I'm telling you. Da-da-da-da. Taking advantage of my heat stroke over here and just completely getting over it. Anyways, so the uh, you know, I, if you don't want to go out and sign a bunch of free agents, you're just looking to kind of bring the level of the team up and see if you can develop some some new players who are going to be good next year, year after, things like that. Mm-hmm. I'm all in favor of Stidham all in favor of it now i think what you were saying before like this is a good opportunity for cam newton to come in and and possibly rehab his you know his image and and kind of use this as a slingshot to get another deal probably at this point his last you know big contract now i'm kind of rethinking that like well is there enough talent overall in the team and that's where it comes down to me where it's really a coin toss yeah because it's really going to depend one on the offensive line if they can block for newton you know, maybe you actually get some more out of Sony Michelle than you did last year. Maybe mm-hmm. you get some more out of James White. Maybe you get some more out of these running backs. Maybe you know Rex Burkhead and James White out of the backfield are going to be a little bit more of a weapon because you know you're, it's not going to be like hike and immediately looking for a place to fall or throw the ball away. Yeah. So yeah. maybe those guys are a bit better. You know, maybe uh, you know you get a guy like Jacoby Myers who a, a year more experience and now he's maybe he's a good third wide receiver and you got Edelman and you've got Sanu who hopefully you know maybe is healthy and then you got Nikhil Harry and maybe he doesn't like have a hangnail and fall apart or who <laughs> good lord I mean uh anyways maybe Nikhil hearing the Nikhil Harry story kind of made me remember you remember back to way back in like the late 80s early 90s they the the Patriots had a guy it was uh, Hartley Dykes you remember that guy I think I do but sadly it's because I think he was in Tecmo Super Bowl well, you, there's a good reason why if you don't really remember him well is because he kept on getting injured. That was what he was really famous for. I don't know if he actually even ended up with any statistics to speak of. Okay. It just kept on – they kept on – it was one of those things where like, oh, well, he's back this year. And then, of course, he'd get hurt in a practice, and then that was it. So who knows what they have with those guys. But I think it could be interesting. Yeah. So I'm I'm kind of it's a toss up and again it comes down to the offensive line. If the offensive line is any good at all, 
I kind of be interested to see what Newton could do. Now that's being selfish because I just want a good show. Yeah. Well, and and you know, assuming that, do you think Newton might have more success given the way Belichick kind of designs the offense, where it's a lot more you know check down oriented and you know shorter passes and not demanding as much out of Newton's arm as maybe he was being pushed to do in in you know Carolina. I don't know, because honestly, I don't know how much was being asked of him in Carolina. I, I, I really don't. You know, I mean, I, I, don't, I, I don't either, but but I also know, I, I remember seeing highlights of him throwing a lot of long passes. Yeah, but I mean, that could just be his his gig. You know, yeah. I mean, some guys, that's just, that's the way they play the game. Like, they are excellent downfield passers, and that's that's how they look at the field, and the team completely takes advantage of that. I'm not sure. I, I wonder, <sighs> I you know... <sighs> I've talked myself in and out of this since we started talking because <laughs> I knew this question was coming. I'm I'm kind of back on the boat of I, I would like to see what Stidham has. Now, I could see this because the other part of this is that the Patriots have always liked flipping quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this before where they were able to do that. They always churn that backup quarterback position because they could because they knew that they were really just going to bring them in their insurance policy and then they'd flip them for a pick sometime. I wonder if if they just make this an open competition in, in training camp, which is not going to be very long. Training camp is only like two weeks, and then you're right into the season. So yeah. this is the other interesting part because you don't even there's no exhibition games this year. Did you know that? No, I I wasn't really sure what they were doing at this point. I'm I think the closest I've really read has been MLB, and that's even mm. in question because today there were a couple teams that had players. Um, test positive so oh I yeah don't, i don't know exactly what's gonna happen here but that that has been one big old bowl of mayhem like hey let's have everyone go to disney hey, yeah. and we're only going to test the players we're not testing anyone that they're around oh that'll be a good idea i'm sure the pandemic will respect those you know borders yes. anyways so the i i wonder if you go with a guy like you say stidham who's been there longer who knows the playbook who knows the players and all that or do you bring in a guy like Newton and really tailor everything to him? I don't know how much they would really do that. Or you just rely on the fact that, well, he's a veteran. He's a former MVP. He's played in a Super Bowl. Yeah. Let's you know see how it goes. Or do you try to make it like a competition? But then again, it's like a one-week competition because then you need to start getting ready for game one. Yeah. I mean, it's I, just... I think I, the I, biggest thing working against Newton right now and, and why I could see them maybe not starting him right away is the chemistry thing. That that How much time has he had to gel with the team? But I almost... Uh, see, again, I'm, I, I'm, I'm able to talk myself in and out of these situations at will. It's, it's a gift. So the, the other point is, like, why would you bring him in if unless you're going to try to have him start early? Because if, if for all the same reasons that you gave... Mm-hmm. Stidham has the leg up on him on all of that, but yet you bring him in. I mean, if you don't throw him out there, it's only a one-year deal. Granted, I mean, it's not a lot of money right. for a backup quarterback, but um, uh, I, I kind of feel like they're going to – I think they're going to try and start him. I, I really do. I could be really obnoxious and say, do you think Belichick would try some sort of weird scheme where he'd have both Stidham and Newton out there? Well, I read that. I read that there was actually a, a, an idea. Oh, someone doing... wrote about this. I oh, I just thought about oh, yeah. this off the cuff. Like, oh, this would be kind of crazy. I don't. 
Gee, I don't. You know, the thing is, like Belichick, you can't put anything past him because I could, I could see him going. Well, you know, uh, back in 1984 in the CFL, so and so, they used this guy here, and then they bring in that other guy, and you know, that seemed to work. So uh, maybe with something we will try. I mean, it would be a risky move, though, right? Because if you play them both out there and you hike the ball to Newton, what the heck is Stidham doing other than trying to not get hit by some massive linebacker who could actually go at him? you know because technically he would be a blocker at that point right yeah i i think it's kind of gimmicky i couldn't see them doing that on a regular basis and I, absolutely i mean and, I, it, that was me being silly i think the other thing is if you were ever going to do that you would do you would have done that back in the day with edelman oh that's fair yeah you I know and they that. and they did have a couple times when he would throw passes and stuff like that but it was yeah. never they never tried to get too cute like that because i think I, I think as much as Belichick kind of likes a gimmick every now and again and th- likes to throw wrinkles out there, I don't think that's his game because at the end of the day, he looks at the percentages. And those, the gimmick plays are good every once in a while, but on a regular basis, he watched the Wildcat come and go. I mean, the Patriots got their asses handed to them by the Wildcat. Yeah. And then when, uh, when Miami was running it, the, the next time it came around, you notice they shut that down real quick and all of a sudden that whole Wildcat thing that was going to sweep the NFL – uh, have really seen that too much lately, have you? Yeah, <laughs> you know. So I think it would be he might try that once or twice because you can't put anything past Belichick. But I can't imagine him doing it on the regular. No. Yeah, I don't think so either. It's it, it's it's a tough question. I mean, now, now that we're talking through it, yeah, I'm 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 on the fence too about how they could do it. Maybe they do Stidham for a, f- a couple games, and then that gives Newton some time to gel. And then once he gels, then they just bring him in as the full timer. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I could see. I also saw the idea of of bringing him in as insurance. Stidham is is playing, and you're you're hoping at this point. I mean, they waited this long to really bring in anybody of consequence because I mean, they brought in Hoyer. Hoyer is a is a glorified insurance package because he's been around. He's he's been a he's been a backup, and he he's been in the Patriots system. So I'm sure there's a certain degree of recall that goes along with that. Right. Right. So they were happy to have him. And say, okay, well, Stidham is going to be the guy. Fine. Yeah. You've waited this long to bring this guy in. I wonder if it's almost like a, well, we'll bring him in, we'll run him through training camp, and then we're going to wait for the inevitable quarterback injury. Yeah. And then we trade him. And if we need him, then we have him. But if we don't need him, then we've got Hoyer. We can keep Hoyer and Newton on the roster, Mm -hmm. and then Hoyer just becomes our second you know, our, our backup quarterback, and if Stidham's playing all right, then that's fine. Then we just pedal off Newton and, hey, we our investment in, investment in him is minimal, and if we get, like, a, a decent pick, depending on how desperate that team is, yeah, eh. Yeah. I could see that, too, I, you know, as, as just an idea, because, again, Patriots always like to churn that backup position. Right. Maybe they try that trick with Newton. I don't know. I... I Man, I can talk my way around this like five different ways. I'm just realizing what an indecisive it's, it, jerk I, mean, I am. It's, it, it's interesting, yeah, when you start to really think about, you know, so, some of the layers to this and what could cause it to go well and what could cause it to go really badly. You know, yeah. Um, you know, the, the the fact of the matter is, Stidham, you know, he he seems to have the tools that that makes him a darling of sorts of the coaching staff. Like that's the one constant I've I've been reading is that. The, the Patriots coaching staff are really high on him and and I think they do see him as you know the 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 near term I, I don't want to say the future of the franchise but 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 the near term starter and I'm just 
I'm, you know, the more we talk about it, I'm wondering maybe they're giving him a couple games to just kind of prove himself and see if he's capable. And if they run into any issues, they have Newton there to just jump in as a veteran to kind of take over and, and, you know, drive, you know, drive the offense and, and potentially bring them some success and get them out of a jam. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that would be the case because, uh, and maybe I'm not, maybe I'm thinking about it wrong. Maybe I am granted. No one has ever asked me to be an NFL head coach or GM. So maybe I don't have my, uh, my fingers on the pulse as it were. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't that kind of mess with the dude's head? Like you put him out there for one or two games, and yeah. I mean he's essentially it's a it's the same sort of deal where he's really still a rookie. He hasn't seen a lot of game action, and I mean, you're going to pull him out. I mean because you could have done that with Brady his first year, right? I mean looking at the death chart on ESPN.com, they do have Cam Newton listed as a starter. Yeah, which I th- I would guess is much more of a. It'd be tough to it would it would be tough to list him as the as the backup when yeah. he has an NFL MVP, yeah, and the other guy is you know glorified rookie and the other guy is Brian Hoyer, yes, who, or Brian Sawyer, depending on you know who you're talking to. Modern day lover, jeez, <laughs> you're not even gonna let me layer that one in. You're just gonna do it for me live every time. I appreciate every time. That. Well, Sa- you're, you're welcome to layer it in. I mean, good good lord, they're they're better than I am singing it. So please layer them in by all means. <laughs> No, no, no. I'm I'm a, I'm a lazy person at heart. You're saving me work. Oh, good so, lord. The one thing I will say for Jarrett Stidham cuz I I got to admit I was not all that up on this guy before uh today. And uh knowing what he's done, but the idea that when he was in Baylor, so his the first school that he went to, mm-hmm. uh he was a freshman at Baylor at Baylor and he actually ended up starting uh, a couple games as a true freshman. And then we get hurt and came back. And oh, wow. I just the first thing that popped into my mind was Jimmy Garoppolo wouldn't have done that crap, and and maybe this is just me not kind of feeling like I I don't know why I just had a I had a dislike of Jimmy Garoppolo, and and you know what he'll probably win like five Super Bowls and three MVPs <laughs> and make me look like a <laughs> schmuck later on, and I'm okay with that because uh. honestly that happens on most days to me anyways. So. I, but I always just think back to when he he got he had that the four game suspension with Brady and he had the opportunity to start. He had that like game and a half where he did you know tremendously well, and then he got hurt and then it was like oh no he can't start and apparently it was the the deal where they went to him and were like can you start and he's like nope you can't do it, and that's when you get Jacoby Brissett going in, and then you end up with that fourth game where Brissett went in and he had a broken thumb. And that was uh, mm. that was the game against the Texans where he didn't really throw the ball all that much because he couldn't throw the ball all that much. Yeah. But he was willing to go, whereas Garoppolo wasn't. And I, I think that part of what you see out of Stidham was even in that, that freshman year at Baylor, he was willing to, to push himself. Now, granted, you can say whether that's wisdom or macho BS or whatever, but, I mean, mm. I think that has to count for a little something. Yeah. yeah. And I think that also counts with the Patriots, you know. And then, of course, you know, two two seasons at Auburn, and 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 then, of course, you know, kind of funny that you have Cam Newton reunited with him, and now you have two Auburn quarterbacks on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's, I don't know, I I kind of feel like if you're going to start Stidham, he is the quarterback at that point until he gets hurt, or you really feel like you've made a horrible mistake, yeah. and that you have to give him a lot of leash, because as soon as you bring in Newton. 
I don't. I, I just don't. I wonder how that affects an, a young quarterback. You know, whether how much that crushes their confidence, and then how much you just yank the team around when you do that. Yeah. I don't know. But then again, hey, I'm I'm not an expert on that or really anything else. Hard to say. <laughs> yes, the uh, the the usual talk radio get out get out of jail free. It's hard to say. <laughs> Too close to call. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so uh, I'm somewhere between a, it's definitely Newton Stidham. Hoyer is definitely the odd man out here. I think so. S- sorry, sorry Brian Sawyer, you're you're, you know, you're now being mispronounced and, and shuffled over to the side. As soon as we get a couple of injuries, then we'll come and chat with you. That's right. Um, although at this point, I'd be I'd be more in favor of them signing Kaepernick and bringing him in than bring than seeing Brian Hoyer come strolling off the sidelines. Yeah, maybe. yeah, no kidding. Oh dear Lord, it's like oh he's like Tommy Hudson version eighty five or something. I mean, we've gone through how many different you know schlep background uh, backup <laughs> quarterbacks since then, <laughs> and I'm showing my age, but you know. Oh yeah. Good lord! But I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I definitely think Stidham Newton. I don't know how much of a competition it really is, though. I can't, yeah. I can't get a feel for that. And granted, that's because it's only been seven days. Well, you know, like, like I said, we might be overthinking this. It might be as simple as Newton just taking it over instead of just kind of getting a little more experience before he's turned loose. But yeah, I mean, it, it can go either way. I, I think we have some. Some very uh, interesting points on both sides of the equation of this to, to argue that, you know, Stidham starting first uh, would make sense. And if something happens to him, you have Newton in, in, in the holster, so to speak, and then vice versa. If you have Newton go and uh, and he gets injured, you know, you're not out a lot of money, but you got a young guy right behind him who can take over. So, yeah, you know, I, I think for the Patriots, it's a uh, win-win. I'll go with that because, quite honestly, I don't know what to think. So I'm going to just let you completely guide me on this one, and then I'll blame it on you when it all comes crashing Well, down. I did predict Cam, and he did come to fruition, so, you know. And you know I, what? That's that's part of the reason I'm going with you on this because I'm, I'm starting to wonder exactly, you know, what sort of – if you're like Leoben, you're seeing the things as they, in the stream as they go by. My powers of prognostication know no bounds. That was a horrible Leoben, by the way. I just no, wanted... I wasn't trying to go for Leoben. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just checking. I was just uh, being silly. All right. So now the big question in this. Dun, dun, dun. The, the big question. What does this mean for the Patriots season? Do you, have, do you have raised expectations? Do you have any expectations? If you had to put a number on it, what do you think the record's going to be? Um... Oh wait a minute! I can hear the supercomputer booting up in the background. Yeah, yeah. The uh, bridge of the Enterprise is sounding off. One moment, please. Uh, I does it raise my expectations? Yes, it does. For for the reasons we we have stated uh, across uh, these last couple of questions, I I think I think whatever direction they go in, whether it's Newton starting or Stidham starting, they have at least provided themselves some insurance either way. You know what I mean, and and they 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 have a, a, a MVP, Hall of Fame veteran sitting in the wings if they choose to start Stidham, if they choose to go with Newton, then they have a veteran MVP who who has been to the dance and understands what is required of him to get the team through the season. So, I would put them. Uh, I'm I'm going to go ultra optimistic here, uh, and and and. Uh, 
you know, the 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 Chabot prognostication says uh, twelve and four. Whoa, that's right. You heard correctly. Good lord, coming off the top rope with that one. I <laughs> can't say I was expecting that. I know. Holy shnikes. All right, I'm going to be the angry old jerk. Anyways. Please do. Uh, I, I, I figured you would play that role, so I went the other way. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I guess I, I guess part of this for me is I, I think that no matter who the starter is, unless their name is Cody or Brian Sawyer, Hoyer, <laughs> Actually, you know what? I actually think that Brian ought to hyphenate his last name. Brian Hoyer Sawyer. For whatever reason, it kind of lends a little bit more legitimacy to me. No, no. Here, here's what it is. Not only does he have to compete to be the first string quarterback in the New England Patriots, he has to now compete to have the name Hoyer and not Sawyer in the eyes of Todd. Yeah. He has to change his name legally. That, I think that's his best move. <laughs> it, it reminds me of that old uh, the George Carlin bit where he talked about he want, he was hoping that, you know, how the, the Pope changes, you know, will pick their name. And he says, I always wanted to see a Pope Corky. And he says, but I feel, you'd, I, I feel it'd have to be Pope Corky the third. He says, oh. you'd have to really skip right to the third, you know, just to add a little legitimacy to it. That's what I feel like. That's what I feel like Brian Hoyer Sawyer needs to do is he needs to add that hyphen and the extra syllables just to get a little more oomph. There you I, go. I, I really feel it could help set him apart. Of course, the other thing that could help set him apart is not playing like Brian Hoyer Sawyer. Yes. That would really help set him apart, but I'm pretty sure we're not going to see that. So anyways, um, I, I feel, and, and especially if Cody, if, we, if we're dealing with a quarterback named Cody at any point in the 2020 season, first of all, it would be the most 2020 thing in the NFL you could possibly imagine, except for the fact of like, there being a real-life Bane incident, and all of a sudden the entire field drops away. And at which point people in TV, TV land would just be like, eh, saw it coming. <laughs> Bring on the murder hornets. Yes, um, yes. Oh, 2020 is just beating me down. I'm telling you, man. It's going to be – there's going to be a – I'm. I, nor, now, let me just give you a quick – and I'm, I'm, I'm adding a digression to my digression. So, quite honestly, this is inception territory now. I don't know if we're getting back, folks. So, just – Please bear with me. Buckle but I up. do this. I do this show standing up, mostly because it's just it's it's burning free calories, and I eat enough that I really need all the help I can get. I I think 2020 by the end of this year, I'm going to be doing one of these curled up underneath my desk, <laughs> <laughs> just in the fetal position with like a box of Twinkies and a bottle of bourbon, and just weeping uncontrollably into the microphone as Tim tries to talk me off the ledge. Oh boy. <laughs> That's where we're heading before the end of December. So if I manage to avoid that, I'm counting this year as a win, okay? I hope we don't get that far, my friend. Me neither. So anyways, to try and find my way back here, uh, if it, no matter who is starting for the Patriots, it does come down to the offensive line, period, mm. the end. And I don't think they're really changing a whole lot there. And yeah. I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe the fat guy whisperer in Dante Scarnecchia has retired for now the second time and uh i, I think this one is going to stick because I, I think he's just had enough at this point yeah. so you're not going to have that that coach who always seemed to be able to hold any group of like grab five guys out of the parking lot who are tailgating and, and all of a sudden they're playing at a pro bowl level within three weeks i don't know if they can keep this group healthy because that was the problem last year they kept on getting injured 
and I don't think that has anything to do with the coach, but some guys just get hurt more. And for whatever reason, if they can't keep a, a, a line in front of any of these guys, it's going to be a bad scene. Yeah. Now, if the line it plays well, let's just say well, passable, <laughs> I think you could get eight and eight. I think so, and that's and that's yeah. if the defense plays plays as well as they did last year. Because I think the defense played really well. They had a really great, they had a really good secondary. All if they can maintain that, I think you're looking at eight and eight with with an offensive line that's playing passably, with with either Newton or or Stidham. Okay. If if the line plays well, I I still think the upper limit is ten wins. I think ten wins is a huge bucket of win for the Patriots the year after they lose Tom Brady to still be to still keep that win uh, win level in double digits. That's huge. Yeah. And I, I don't I would I, I wouldn't put money on it. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. I I think it's I think it could go the other way because if. If you can't if you can't protect a quarterback, they're not going to be able to do as well as Brady did last year. They just won't. No, no, and, and and that's a totally fair point. I mean, I know I was basing mine on the promise of Newton, but uh, but yeah, no, I I think that makes total sense. Yeah. So I'm still saying twelve and four though because I just want to be the obnoxiously optimistic fan. Yes. I'll probably be wrong, but that's okay. I'm going to fly this firecracker into the sun and uh, much like much like uh anders flying the fleet into the sun that's me baby just just taking 12 and 4 all the way in and as you can tell tim is never one to be afraid to mix his metaphors and also just speak in old-timey western gibberish (laughs) shake harder boy (laughs) oh my gosh okay so here's and uh, this is a this is a little bonus apparently Oh. I saw I saw this this morning, and it is fascinating to me because I've never heard this, and I am a movie trivia geek. So the newest Fat Man Beyond with uh, Kevin Smith and Mark Bernardin, they were talking about uh, they were talking about Carl Reiner and then Mel Brooks, and then they somehow got to Blazing Saddles because uh-huh. well of of course, and so the the little Western gibberish comment that I made was related to blazing saddles so apparently did you know and mark bernard dropped this bit of trivia there was a four season blazing saddles tv show spinoff that was produced only one episode ever aired and it starred lou gossett jr really it was called black bart Huh. Which I believe, if I'm if I'm remembering right, was I think that might have been one of the original titles for Blazing Saddles. But so the the idea was in the contract for Blazing Saddles to avoid having a a sequel made without him, Mel Brooks says, okay, well if if you want to make a sequel and I don't want to do it, then you have to have produced a TV show, a Blazing Saddles TV show. He's like, that'll never happen. And so they they came back and like, hey, we want to do Blazing Saddles too. And he says, you can't because there's no TV show. And they showed him. Four seasons worth, or they showed him like, th- took him into screening room, showed him like three episodes of this show that they had produced. Now, it, the Blazing Saddles 2 never ended up happening, but yeah, they produced like four seasons of this. Wow. In order to get to fulfill that contract, it was, ri- it, oh my gosh, it was one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. That's so, crazy. This is your before, and another thing, another thing from me is go watch, I'll link it in the show notes, but that episode of Fat Man Beyond is worth it just for that 
I, I'm, my mind is blown, and I feel like I've, my entire life has been a lie because I, this is the type of movie trivia I would have loved to have had. Yes. And I just, nothing, nothing. I didn't know anything about it. Wow. Oh, I'm slipping. I'm slipping. I've lost it. Look at that nugget you uncovered today. Very nicely done. I didn't uncover it. I just watched it. I mean, Mark Renard is the one who actually did the work on it. For crying well, out loud. I know, but, but, but you listened. All right, fine. I'll, and that's I'll half the battle. I'll take a little bit of credit on that. Fine. All Thank right. you. Thank right. you. And, well. and, and actually, we do, there is one other th- bit of business here to tie up from this episode. Tom O'Pinkett, uh, Pennicott, I'm sorry, uh, yes. who uh, we mentioned of Battlestar Galactica Hilo fame. He was in a Hallmark. Well, if, I don't know if it's Hallmark, but it, actually it is. I see it right now. I see the little logo. He was in a Hallmark Christmas movie called Angel of Christmas from uh. 2015. He played Woo! the part... He played the part of Derek Hamilton, which is about the most Hallmark Christmas movie name you could ever have. Well, somewhere between Carl Agathon and Derek Hamilton lies the answer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but this just goes back to what we were saying before. Like, Eventually, you and I are going to be in one of these movies because they're running out of people to throw in these because they make roughly 100 of them per year. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, they cost nothing to make. Well, let's see. Does this one actually have the budget? Hang on, because on IMDb, they usually have stuff like that. Like, what's the the details of production and all that? No, they don't. Oh, that's a bummer. And, of course, it was filmed in Vancouver, because everything is apparently filmed in Vancouver. Yeah, I think I've read that's kind of a, a hot spot for, for those movies to be filmed. Yeah. Probably due to budgetary, you know. Reasons. But anyways, so yeah, uh, you know. We, well, look we, at that. Hilo uh, notch notches up a Hallmark Christmas movie uh, for the career. Very nicely we, done. One of these days, we're going to have to actually go back and see how many BSG alumni have been in Hallmark Christmas movies because we know that Billy has, we know that Trisha Helfer has. Now Tomo. Wait, Trisha Helfer did? Trisha Helfer's been in like two or three of them. Oh, no of kidding! Course. I had absolutely no idea. Wow. What do you mean you had no idea? We talked about it like two episodes ago. I I do not remember. Oh, did you? Yes. Oh, oh my gosh. I, now, I'm, I'm, my, I'm having a flash. I was going to say, no, we did not. But then I'm having a flash. Where I'm like, wait a minute. He did say something about Trisha Helfer doing something. <laughs> I'm, I'm, Dang used it. To my wife, I'm used to my wife tuning me out. But damn it, don't you do it too. <laughs> I only talk to you once a week. I don't, my, wife has to, my wife has to listen to my crap all the time. At least, you know. Jeez. Oh, man. Can't even hang through two hours on a Sunday night. Thanks. Jeez. <sighs> yeah, I was popping open the second beer of the night. I don't know. Sorry, man. Right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, but Trisha Helfer was in the Hallmark Christmas movie with Billy. Oh, oh okay. Or okay. Whatever, whatever the actor's name is. I can't remember it now. But, yeah, he was. they were in a movie together. and Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of curious now. How many other alumni have been in these? <laughs> you know, going down beyond, yeah. maybe not, you know, down to like deckhand level. Like you might, you might act like, I wonder if, I wonder if Sosinus has been in one of these. <laughs> it must surprise me. And then the funny thing is, he even had the same name, Sosinus. It was weird. It was like, now, Boomer went to Hawaii 5 0 for a period of time. Yes. Yeah. And is, and that, is that still on, in production? I think so, yeah. Good Lord. That's one of those weird shows that it's. Well, sort of like Battlestar, where it's the the remake is in production longer than the original was. 
I just think there's always like this balance that needs to be struck with TV where there's always like, you know, some sort of cop serialized drama that everyone needs to watch. And it just feels like mm-hmm. that Hawaii Five-0 became that thing, you know, for a period of time. I mean, I watched it for a couple of years and then it just, I don't know, just after a while, I'm like, I just don't have time to watch all this TV. So <laughs> some it? things had to fall to the wayside. So so was it any good or were you just watching it because it was there? No, it, it was actually pretty good. I, I, I thought it was... Um, I, I thought it was was well done. It wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't terribly derivative of the original. I mean, it had its own style to it. It had a, you know, it, I think they were trying to do a little bit more serialized kind of storytelling with it. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it just, you know, it just had kind of those lighter moments to it. You know, it was like any other sort of cop, you know, cop show that you would see on the major networks where you know it wasn't serious a hundred percent of the time. You know, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, you know, after two and a half years of watching it, I'm just kind of like enough. You know, it's like it just was the same formula over and over again. So, oh yeah, the only thing that could have saved that, oh, you know, what would have been great for that. Wow. You have Hawaii Five O go to the mainland. Yes, and they have to chase someone to Miami, and I think they did something like that. Well, then they they blew it there because if they didn't have Edward James Olmos play reprising his role from Miami Vice. Oh, oh, I thought you were going like a CSI Miami thing or something. No, like that. oh, the hell with CSI Miami and the freaking sunglasses <laughs> and all that crap. <laughs> Screw that. Oh. I'm, I'm talking OG. Like we get Edward James Olmos playing the, the same like the captain or whatever he was for for Miami Vice with Grace Park there. I mean, come on. Oh. That would have been great. That would have. That I mean, five people would have gotten the reference, but still, you know, it would yep. have been, it would have been fun. It would have. But, but no fun for any of us. None whatsoever. Ah, uh, unfortunately. And another thing. Anyways, so sir, what do you got for and another thing this week? So I am uh, going with a. Uh, you know, back when we started this off, I think a couple of my end and other things were some NPR podcasts I was listening to. Wait, wait, don't mm-hmm. tell me was one. Uh, How I built this was another, and a third that I've kind of uh, been listening to a little bit more. Um, you know, again, thank you to the lockdown. Uh, so I have some, <laughs> some, some. You know, when when I'm not in the mood for music and I just want to listen to some some subject matter, Bullseye with Jesse Thorne. It's it's been on for for quite some time. Um, it's not a new show by any means, uh, but he is a uh, Bullseye is a your curated guide to culture. Jesse Thorne hosts in depth interviews with brilliant creators, culture picks from our favorite critics, and irreverent original comedy. Bullseye has been featured in Time, the New York Times, GQ, and McSweeney's. I don't know what that is, which called it the kind of show people listen to in a more perfect world. Okay. Hmm. Anyways, I just read that just to give some background. So, guess they've had Lin-Manuel Miranda recently. Alexander Hamilton. Cartoonist, graphic novelist, Gene Luen Yang, Rob Rob McElhenney. McElhenney? McElhenney? McElhenney. Indigo Girls, Giancarlo Esposito. Elizabeth Moss, uh, what else did they had? Tina Fey, Nikki Glaser, Christoph Waltz. Ooh, that's a bingo. <laughs> I mean, just just a, a 
you know, wide cross section of, of different uh, actors, actresses. Is that the way you say it? That's a bingo. Writers, cartoonists, and so forth. Uh, just, you know, just a very, you know, the, the interviews are fun. You just say bingo. Um, he keeps it very light, cordial, friendly, and... Bingo! How fun! It's just, you know, it's just kind of listening to a conversation between two people, and uh, it just happens that he's asking questions of the other person about aspects of their career and, and choices they made and their background and that sort of thing. So anyways, it's just, it, it's an interesting show. Get a little background on some people and, you know, kind of get to understand them a little better and their their growth and their journey, uh, you know, to, to, to get to where they, they ended up in terms of their fame, fortune, career, and so forth. So uh, Bullseye with Jesse Thorne. Uh, if you happen to listen to uh, NPR podcasts, I would uh, recommend it. Very nice, sir. Well, for me this week, I'm I'm actually going to go uh, since we spent all last week talking about music, and then that mm-hmm. that that actually that actually and uh, I, I explored a little bit of Eurolist, uh, listening to a little bit of Rush, and man, I I and I and and Brendan Moore is going to kick my ass for this, but Rush is one of those bands that I listen to, and I am like. I can totally appreciate the talent and the the skill needed for this, but I just don't think it's my jammy jam. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I I enjoyed listening to uh, to Permanent Waves. It was it was a fascinating listen because there was so many times it would pull me out of what I was doing as I'm listening to it, kind of try and get some stuff done, and then I'd hear something like, "Whoa, wait a minute, what what the hell was that?" <laughs> so that was good, but uh, but it actually uh, talking about music last week kind of pulled me to to go out and, and, and get some new music and in, into my kind of rotation this week. And this is a, one of those albums that I I've saw and I was like, how have I not heard about this? And then I realized, Oh, it was just released last year. So, you know, and I've, I apparently I've been slacking on listening to new music. So that would be the reason. Slacker. Yes. So my, and another thing this week is Mark Cohen, uh, Mark Cohen and the Blind Boys of Alabama and their album called Work to Do, which, uh, if you don't know who the Blind Boys of Alabama are, they are a gospel group that has been around for, oh, good Lord, a long time. I mean, uh, the original Blind Boys from Al- uh, Blind Boys of Alabama were, uh, well, they were blind, and it was, a, it was a school for the blind that they came from. It was a singing group. It was a gospel group. And it was early 20th century and now i mean the 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 couple uh, the one or two guys who are still kind of some of the original ish cuz i don't even know if any of these guys are all original uh, are very very up there in age um and uh but they are fantastic they do everything from like old school kind of hymn gospel sort of songs but they've also had a varied career and are not afraid to to work with and to to really explore new things they've done uh they've done duets with with they did a duet with lou reed which i'm like okay i wouldn't exactly picture a gospel group doing on doing a song with lou reed but sure here we are uh They've they covered Stevie Wonder's uh, song "Higher Ground," which oh, wow. is flipping amazing because it also features Robert Randolph, who is um, a pedal steel guitar player in the song. And oh my gosh, amazing stuff! It's just fantastic. Nice. And uh, damn it, I just used fantastic. I was trying to eliminate phenomenal and fantastic. I made it this far. Not I think, so fantastic. I, I, I think your attempt was neat. Oh, thank you for helping me out there. Well, so, you know, 
Someone has so, to keep us uh, neat and honest. So yes, well, we we both know who that's going to be. <laughs> Once again, hey Heather, how you doing? Hope you're enjoying this episode. <laughs> and um, so it, is, they, is is Mark Cohn of? Um, I'm trying to think of the song he did back in the '90s. Am I thinking of the right guy? Yes. So Mark Cohen. Mark Cohen is uh, walking in Memphis. Walking. And that's right. Thank you. Yes. He had a couple big hits back in the '90s. Uh, singer songwriter, piano player, a really good songwriter, great singer, and um, so they've teamed up for this album. And oh my gosh, it's really good. Oh, okay. Check really it out. good. It starts off with a with a with a with an acapella number, and then a couple of studio songs, and then they start getting into some live songs. And they do uh, they do "Walking in Memphis," which is uh, Mark Cohn's big hit, and then they also uh, another song that was kind of a kind of a second hit off of that album back in the day is the song "Silver Thunderbird," which was always one of it was probably my favorite, even above "Walking in Memphis" of his songs. And they do a fantastic version of that. Again, I just use that word, but it's worth it. It's a it's it's worthy inclusion here because it is fantastic. It's a great version of that song. And then they uh, they do uh, one of the Blind Boys of Alabama's signature songs, which is "Amazing Grace." Now, mm. that might not sound like a big deal. You have to listen to this version of Amazing Grace. It will blow your mind because it's it's just a very unique take on it. If you've never heard the Blind Boys Alabama version of Amazing Grace, I'm not going to tell you any more about it. Just go and find it and listen to it. I'm not going to say any more about it. Todd but, thinks uh, it's neat. Yes, yes. I think I think it's very neat. It's um, very so, neat. Favorite songs off of this. Definitely uh Second track, Talk Back Mike, Listening to Leave On, Silver Thunderbird, and of course, uh, Amazing Grace, but also the, the, the closer of the album, uh, One Safe Place, is, is a nice way to, to finish the album on a, a very kind of peaceful sort of, uh, just a very harmonious note, I guess. It's a, very, it's, a great, it's a great album to listen to from start to finish. It really feels like it comes full circle. So that is my and another thing for this nice. week. I'll have to check that out. You do that, sir. I will do that. And uh, by the way, for, for the record, I did listen to uh, Muddy Waters and I listened to Tower oh, of Power. Good man. Uh, they were excellent. Uh, I, I would like to consume more. Um, I, I feel I need to get going on my Tower of Power journey if we're going to do that episode at some point down the line. Yes, you so do. So I can speak intelligentsia to, uh, with, with both you and, and your cohort you will be in, inviting. So Yes, you, you, need to, you need to get yourself some T.O.P. in your life. Absolutely. It is Absolutely. well worth it. I think you need to move on to moving pictures. I think you need to try signals and see how you <laughs> feel about things after that. All right, I'm not fine. giving up on you yet. And uh, contractually, you got to listen to at least two more albums. So, <laughs> never, <laughs> never. All uh, right. Well, we have now come to the end of our our conversational skills, and and you've probably come to the end of your rope listening to us. So we appreciate <laughs> you listening. You just say bingo and uh, and tuning in, subscribing, and all that. And if you've made it this far, then you know, damn it, get yourself a beverage on us and enjoy that. Relax. You've earned it. You have earned it. This this episode not quite as long as some of the others, but we we also understand that. Well, quite honestly, if you're if you're an NFL fan and you're not a Patriots fan and you've listened to us talk about the the Patriots for an hour and a half you're probably just pissed off just on principle and you know that's fine because well we'll just uh we'll go over here and just hang out by the the Lombardi trophies and it's it's cool you know you just do that you're just going to get a tan from the shine coming off of it <laughs> I'm sorry I just you know oh I, I, boy 
growing up with the Patriots going like two and fourteen and six and ten and stuff, I just like to rub that in, even though I really don't watch the NFL anymore. It's still kind just kind of fun. Anyways, and besides, it's it's nice to be able to to tease people about sports when there there's already now everything else is so divided that we it's it's nice to be able to be divided by sports because it's like it's kind of a it's kind of a fun division at that point mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so thank you for tuning in and we uh, we definitely would love for you to subscribe and, and tell friends and all that stuff and, and but now i think it's time for us to to bring this bring this plane in for a landing and good lord, if you're on a if you're on a you're on a plane and, and somebody says we're gonna bring this in for a landing and you see this man walking up to the cockpit to bring us in for a landing, ladies and gentlemen, you better start praying. I'm just I'm saying he's 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 a hell of a human being, but I don't know if he's a pilot. I was gonna so. say you you know you're in a nightmare if if I'm the one flying. <laughs> <laughs> you're hoping to see Leslie Nielsen before you're hoping to see Tim heading for the cockpit. Good luck. We're all counting on you. Oh, so I, boy. at this point in the show, after jabbering inanely and cutting him off approximately 500 times, I like to turn to him and say, sir, if you would be so good as to bring us home. Absolutely. Uh, this this was uh, a fun deep dive into, uh, again, uncharted territory for us Patriots fans. Uh, it, it's all about new beginnings. And uh, what better man to bring about new beginnings than one Cam Newton? Woo! Can so, you even imagine the gasket that Brady would blow if if he if he winds up losing in the playoffs somewhere along the line mm-hmm. and the Patriots end up winning a Super Bowl? I mean, I don't think that's ever going to happen this year, but can you even imagine? I've already read – I'm trying to think. I don't know if it was Shannon Sharp or – I'm trying to think who who is the other – it might have just been Shannon Sharp. I can't think of the other – who oh um who is the wide receiver who played for Minnesota with Moss um that's a oh Chris Carter Chris Carter it might have been Chris Carter too but one of the two of them said this whenever there's a nasty breakup you always want to see your ex do worse oh. than you <laughs> so <laughs> so I'm thinking they're kind of drawing that parallel with this that that now that Newton's there yeah there there's kind of this pr- not that there's this pressure on Brady but now it's amped it up a bit so. Yeah, and if you remember Jason's uh, prognostication for the Bucks this year, he was saying ten and six. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I'm even more optimistic for the Patriots than that. So I I'm, I'm probably going to be uh, wrong on that front, but that's okay. Well, I will die on that hill. Well, you're delusional and drunk right now, so that's you know we'll well, thank we'll, you. Hold, we'll hold that against you. Anywho, but uh, <laughs> as as we talk about new beginnings, this being the first episode of year two of this fine show. Woo! Oh, that's right. We are uh, embarking on a voyage of, of, of sports, of entertainment, of sports entertainment, Woo! and uh, all sorts of craziness on the range that is free and is plenty of idiocy. So we thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, as, as Brother Todd has mentioned, uh, please subscribe on the various uh, social medias, on, on, on the interwebs. Uh, fire up that Netscape Navigator 4.0, dust her off, because yeah. <laughs> I'm running Internet Explorer version 3. <laughs> What's HTML? Um, anyways, but yes, we, we do thank you for listening. Uh, and, and as always, uh, be good to one another, be kind, be safe, be healthy. And, you know, energy isn't cheap, so please hit the lights on the way out. I can take the wrong way to quit drinking. I beg your pardon, what did you say? Damn! You're such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. Get out! 
Don't come back until you've received yourselves. So say we all. So say we all. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Can I get this in opera? Oh, I think I've gone with all the browsers at one time or another, but that was the one I understood least. I'm like, what is this? This is like the, this is like the Chevette of all of, of web And browsers. why is it called opera? Where's the singer? Oh, what the hell's going on?